This is The Antidote with Dave Hawkins, where Christian music doesn't suck.
This is The Antidote. I'm your host, Dave Hawkins. A great opening track from a really great band. My Epic with the song Hail off their Behold album. The big question from everyone has to be, is My Epic really epic? It's an easy answer. Absolutely. I met with the band prior to one of their shows in the States this summer. We talked about everything from their past recordings to what's taking place right now and what they have in store for their future recordings. You'll even hear the story as to how The Antidote came to be the name of this program. So listen in. My Epic has joined The Antidote. Lead vocalist, guitarist Aaron Stone and bass player Jeremiah Austin are here on the mic tonight. Man, really good to have you with us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Also, according to Wikipedia, at certain times, Jeremiah, also original lead singer of the band. (laughs) Not correct. Yeah, our Wikipedia is not what you want to go to for truth about the band. I, I'm kind of curious if I went and corrected it, if they would let me correct if, it. If they would incorrect your corrections. <laughs> the truth yeah. about it is, if you want the real scoop on my epic, it's right here on The Antidote with That's Dave right. Hawkins. <laughs> I thought everything on the internet was true. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, I'm sorry to bum you out, man, but no. Now everything on TV is true. The That's TV true. is reliable. Okay, you had something really profound you were going to tell me. <laughs> no. Dave, you are mis- you're misrepresenting me. I didn't say it was profound. The very first song we ever wrote as a band was called The Antidote. I was going to bring that up. Okay, you know that. Do you want to know where I stole the name of the show from? Probably not us. You did steal it from us. I did. I stole you it did. from No wow. way. Wow. The early stuff. And now I have to ask your permission to keep using it. <laughs> yeah, you, it's like one of your songs that you use? For real, you're joking with us. I don't use the song. I use the title. You can, you can use got it. complete rights to that word. For every usage, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we'll let you use it. You, yeah. We will let you use it if you play the song every time you say the name. <laughs> and and credit my epic. <laughs> no, no, don't credit my epic, but you can play it. What's funny is there's only two times that that song ever comes up, and that's when either our friend Joe or our friend Lee is around, and they say, dude, got to play the antidote. Because they're from like the early days. And the funny thing is I haven't heard it in a year, and that's because my friend Joe comes to this festival so last year he's like, dude, gotta play the antidote. He's Joe from Comrades. I don't know if you've interviewed Comrades. Tomorrow. Okay, but they're like a little brother band. They grew up in the in the same college town. And so every year it's like, dude, you gotta play the antidote. So you this is the second <laughs> time This ago. is the second time in in one day and also the second time in the last three hundred and sixty four days that, that song's been brought up. <laughs> Turn around. 
talk about music let's go way back okay. way back early days of my epic so you first came on the scene back in 98 and you were known as the right-wing conspiracy wow. now, I, now I really <laughs> I seriously hope this has nothing to do with that Christian grindcore band of the same name uh, I didn't know there was another band of the same name and we'll probably be suing them very shortly it was not for, yeah it was no so the right-wing conspiracy isn't really my epic it was me and my brother, Jesse, our drummer, and Matt Hogan, who was an original guitarist for my epic. It was the band we started in high school. And at the time, one of my best friends, Jono, who was in the band, we asked his dad what we should name ourselves. And at the time, everybody was saying, like, the vast right-wing conspiracy. And he said, no one seems to know who that is, so you should just name yourself that. And then everybody will want to know who you are. And so we were a punk rock band. It was really punk. It was punk rock. That's what I grew up on. That's what we all grew up on in our band. And that was Right Wing Conspiracy. And then we all went to college together and we changed our name to Shaddai. And then uh, right after my junior year of college, we were going to go to Cornerstone. We were going to play generator stages. Brandon Ebel or somebody from Tooth and Nail was going to hear us, sign us, and we were going to finish our year of college and be a real band. And we did all those things except we just went there and broke up. <laughs> and at the time, I was writing most everybody's parts except for my brother's. And so me and my brother and Matt felt like we weren't done yet and we wanted to keep making music and we were just starting to scratch the surface of its value as ministry and scratch the surface of art as a way to communicate and, and sensing the presence of the Lord through writing. And so uh, I think Jeremiah had, I'd met him when he came to visit the co same college we were at and he'd been in college for one year and I just said, well, I only know one guy I want to try out for bass. I have no idea if he's any good, but he's a rad dude. And Jeremiah tried out and showed up late, which I scolded him for. <laughs> and then, um, the only riff I really wanted him to play, he never got the way I wanted it. And I was like, he's the guy. I didn't know anything about bass when I started my epic. I mean, that's just frankly the case. Uh, you know, I think I've learned a lot since, but I still don't know why you invited me in. It did make sense though. We met over like bonding over punk rock. Yeah. Kids that are from a small town and you go play their chant, like what's it like to make it? To them, you tell them, well, what does make it mean? Cause here's the reality of our lives. Then the other kid, people that are like, well, you guys are playing a lot. What do you think you're gonna do if you make it? To them I say, what do you mean to make it? I get to hang out with my best friends. I get to do something I love. I get to use a gift the Lord's given me. I get to share the gospel, minister to people. That's all that ever is important to me. We started later in life. I mean, I was 25 or 26 when we got signed. They were 20, they were three years younger than me. So most of the bands, when they start touring, they're 19 or 20. We had our college degrees, some of us had two. So we just took a different out. This is ministry and this is art. And whatever happens with it, I mean, we made tons of decisions even when we didn't have the money to make them. We make tons of decisions now and don't ever think about the money. It's just like, do we feel called to do it? Does it seem valuable? Then let's do it. So, Does this mean that because of your age, the next vehicle you're looking at to make it wheelchair accessible? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At 32, 
Um, now at 32, the, the thing you're looking at most is your feet. You can keep running so you don't fall apart. Here's an older My Epic song from their 2008 I Am Undone album comes You Know We All Love You. talking about being punk and then you go to do my epic yeah yeah which doesn't really fit into a genre box because i mean you guys are a bit hardcore you're sort of post-rock some straight-up rock so what about now do you feel like there is a specific genre you feel more drawn towards i, I mean it's funny our friend dan white who owns blood and ink records they used to list your genre under your band name when you were a new band if you're playing a show and you hadn't played before they'd write like punk pop or hardcore punk and he asked us, and, and I was so adamant, I said, Christcore. We're Christcore. And Dan was trying to explain to me, people won't know what you sound like. And I like made this big theological stand, and I was completely an idiot about it. But, no, we don't worry too much about that. We still talk in terms of punk rock, and we still think in that term, like, about what matters to us. Like, we value the punk rock ethic. We value caring about art and sincerity and passion above everything else. I'd rather go see a band I love play awful because they mean it. Like, be so passionate that they're not playing great than a band play really slick. I think our thing is kind of, there's a big dynamic of heaviness to softness, and we've always wanted that to be part of it. And the reason we named ourselves My Epic was because I kept telling the guys I needed to sound epic. And this was kind of before that word was played out on the internet. And then like two years later, we was like, we should have never named ourselves that. <laughs> but I think we do a big dynamic of heavy to soft. And then I would also say we, we do play heavy, but it's groovy. There's always a groove to it. We swing a lot of beats. 
I don't mean groovy in the 70s sense, but in the sense of it having a feel. Most of us don't like metal. We like heavy, but we don't like metal. So things like the Deftones kind of informed our heaviness more. Things that still had a big groove to them. Yeah, it was always important to us. We, we had a lot of influences in different genres, but it was also really important to us that everything we fit needed to still actually go together and make sense together. So I think what we each brought to the table and then our different personalities really helped to make sense of pulling in you know, nuances from different genres. And that always know. bothered us when a band was doing, even if all three things they were doing, we liked. If it didn't sound like one new thing, we're like, man, it just sounds pasted together. And that was how I felt about a lot of heavy music in the early 2000s was, oh, they just shoved emo and hardcore together and it actually sounds awful. I mean, really, when we were starting My Epic, we were finding all these new things that weren't punk. And really, I discovered a delay pedal and our first EP shows. Like, everything's got <laughs> delay on it. There's bands who paved the way, too. Like, I Cities Burn and Thrice paved the way for this genre. I still don't know what the best thing to call it is. I don't think we have paved new paths yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, we stand out a lot just because we play heavy music and I sing. That yeah. by itself makes you a pretty small percentage yeah. of bands. But sometimes you don't sing because you did that instrumental version of the Behold album. Yeah, which was really just Jeremiah going, I think everybody would like to listen to a record that you weren't singing all over. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No one exactly said that. exactly the pitch. No, it was Number just... Number one hit because of that. Yeah, it was. It was way more successful. <laughs> Hello, this is Jeremiah. And this is Aaron from My Epic, and you're hanging out with Dave at The Antidote.
from my epic has a pretty centered theme. I mean, the songs focus on Christ. Do you ever find that confining? I, I, I think I hear where the question is coming from. I would say no. Um, and I'm trying not to throw other people who don't sing this way under the bus. But I know just from our perspective and talking about it, first of all, the things to write about Christ and about God or to God are endless and should be endless. And we're constantly moving and growing. And to try to write about something that does not in some way turn glory to God just feels completely a waste of our time. If, if what the Bible says is true, if what we believe about God being the creator and he created us for his glory, we never have to try to turn the corner. It's never like, how is this about the Lord? And also I would just say, we're not good enough to write that many songs that we would feel confined. <laughs> it's not like I'm cranking out 10 songs a week and I'm going, guys, I just kind of want to write this song about my dog. But I'd also say, I could see myself writing a song just about how beautiful like the Grand Canyon is, and I would not feel in any way that that wasn't glorifying to God. Yeah. And we're both on staff at a church. We teach our students all the time is, is it Christian is a really bad question to ask. But to me, if it glorifies God, does it necessarily mean that it has to quote chapter and verse? Um, there's something to be said that people are ashamed and a lot of people will hide behind that. Well, I'm not ashamed, but for us, it's like everything's informed by it. We literally talked for 12 hours today driving up here. And other than a few infantile conversations about farting, just, just to show that we're real people, uh, they were all conversations about the church and not because we needed to, but because we love it and about, and about the gospel. Because that's what the more we fall in love with Christ and the more our hope is in what is to come and the more that I believe that's the real reality. Soon the curtain's going to be pulled back on everything else. Everything relates. I'll speak for Aaron too, because it would it would be a little um, egotistical maybe for him to say it. But this is genuinely an outpouring and not a contrived, I'm in a Christian band, I've got to uphold this image. This is genuinely what he and us as a band just are talking about in our daily lives anyway. Never um, once has there been a conversation about what does the label want? What do fans want? What do we have to do to stay in everybody's good graces? This punk rock ethos is funny that I think really serves our Christianity well, which is like, no, like Jeremiah is this famous quote that we've tried to live our lives by and it's super scriptural. But some guy in his small group said, he said his dad decided as a young man, he would do whatever he thought was right, regardless of the consequences. And we were like, that's integrity. And that's how we feel about our walk with Christ and our music. Like what we think is right is what we sing and what we talk about. And I don't want to waste a song on anything that doesn't feel valuable. So then what you're doing, you're doing this just strictly out of passion. This isn't to be successful financially or appearance-wise in the world. I know that's the cool thing to say is no, but genuinely no. Yeah, we don't <laughs> make a living off this. Like, we worked all week. We drove 12 hours today to play this festival. We played in Raleigh three weeks ago and probably played for as big an audience as we will here. But they asked us to come and we thought, two days in the car with our best friends, and we get to sing about Jesus. Yeah, let's do it. I can always write songs, and if they're of value, then hopefully they'll find an audience that needs to hear them. But to us, as far as my epic, we started it after we all had college degrees. We never made any money off of it. And until I became a pastor at the church I'm at now three years ago, ministry always cost me way more than it gave me as in a worldly perspective. So yeah, it's, it's completely a labor of passion and love. And that sounds cliche, but it's true. It's, it's very important to us and we take it very seriously. So we don't mean we don't care, like we're just doing this. If you've ever seen a show in the last five years of my epic, you've heard Aaron say from stage, we don't care if you think we're cool. And that's genuinely the case. 
that we're not here to make people think we're cool. We're here because there's an opportunity for people to hear the gospel. It just so happens to be that saying, we don't think if you're, we think we're cool, is the coolest thing you can say. <laughs> well, it's true. You don't have to think the band is cool. But this song is Lower Still off the Yet album from My Epic.
Now, do you sing my epic songs in your church? I often tease artists if they're going to teach them their own songs, but you could. Yeah, well, so a lot of people ask me, well, why don't we play some of my epic songs? To me, it's a simple answer. I'm not the target market of our church. Like the other day, my best quiet time in the last month. Can we do a segment called My Favorite Quiet Time of the Last Month? <laughs> it's, it, you should start it every week. <laughs> it sounds so, so cheesy. But uh, I was sitting in my front room of my house, and I had my Bible out, and I was writing in my journal. And I, someone sent me a link to, someone took the theme to Jurassic Park and slowed it down a thousand times. And it is gorgeous. And one of my other favorite bands is a band called Hammock. And it sounds like a Hammock song, but it was an hour long when they slowed it down a thousand times. I mean, I was just like, God, you are so amazing. Like, this is amazing. That is nothing like my church. And that's okay. Like, my church really likes Chris Tomlin. They love the song Redeemed by a band called Big Daddy Weave. So props to these guys because I think they love Jesus. But when I first heard it, there was nothing about it that I liked. It sounded like kind of a cheesy Randy Newman song that should have been Toy Story or something. like. And I'm not meaning to throw them under the bus. Hopefully the whole story makes that clear. But I heard it and I didn't like it. But after hearing from a dozen people in my church, man, that song moved me. That's my testimony. And they tell me, the, there's a lyric that says, I'm not the man I used to be. Man, that's my testimony. And I see the work of Christ. I say, okay, we'll play the song. We play it. And I see it at work in my body. And I say, that's fine. We'll play it. Like, so I don't judge what we play based on what I like. And I just happen to think that our music doesn't suit our congregation very well. My dad is like, you gotta play Selah or Untitled or he loves, he loves Communion off the, off the first record or Lazarus. I'm like, dad, that's a really hard song for a whole crowd to sing. So yeah, we don't play our songs. And it's because I don't think they are at this moment would be what encourages our church. And I care more about what's gonna encourage them and lift them up. 
and it just so happens that our music doesn't suit most of our people, and that's okay. This is a sore point for me. Yeah. Worship music, I find, lacks all art. When you sit there and Sunday and see a song, and how many different words are in the song? There are eight words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have issues with that. Why does worship music have to be dumbed down? I think there's two reasons, and, and he knows a lot more, so I'll give a little brief answer and he can go into more depth. Uh, first off, I think there's some growth happening in that area, you know, with even some of our friends like Ascend the Hill bringing some more integrity to that style. And um, some bands are, I think, are really stepping up and doing things that I'm like, I'm, I don't even just like that for worship. Like, that's actually a good. Because that is a thing you say song. a lot. Like, oh, that's good for worship. Yeah. And we mean the genre. But. Exactly. And But the second thing, you know, it's a hard battle. Um, I, I think that, that there is maybe, and at least was, and hopefully we're going out of it, a lack of integrity in theology in worship music. And that's what you were talking about, the words. And so few words. And what are we really saying with these songs? But, but like, as you was getting to earlier, the corporate singability of a song, that actually seems pretty hard now that I really so think about the, it. The bar for us to finish a My Epic song, quote unquote, to be done with the song and want to put it out and call it a song, I can write 10 songs today, but I wouldn't want you to hear any of them. I mean, I'm not joking when I say like, on the last record, I, I spent 100 hours on, on the lyrics for every song. And most of that was waiting and fasting it. But I mean, actually sitting somewhere with my journal and writing and going, no, that sucks, that sucks, that sucks. So for me, we've tried to write songs, especially the last few years since being here, I've tried to write songs that would work for the corporate church. And every time I either go, no, you know what? That's too complicated for 100 people to sing well. Or I go, yeah, they could sing that, but it's not good. So I'm not going to release it. And I've, and I've read some things that Dustin from Thrice has written about it. He's been a pastor for a while. Yeah. And he's had a hard time cracking it too. Like when, when I try to write songs that I think would work at our church, they, they, sound, like, uh, they sound like everything else. And I go, I'm not going to put that out. Resurrection on your lips 
precious soul For heaven's sake and for my own I put myself through hell But I quit striving for perfection Surrendered up to it instead And now the songs keep pouring out And I cannot contain myself I've been corporate worship song, but Lazarus could fit that genre. Now back to our talk with My Epic. Well, we've talked a bit about how other people have developed their music. How has My Epic changed over the years? Uh, I would say organically, naturally. Um, if I'm going to talk specifics, the beginning of My Epic was us hearing lots of things that were different, still liking uh, not just heavy, but emotive music. A game changer for me was Cool Hand Luke. They're such a, some of our yeah. best friends. Like they were so intense, but it wasn't heavy. And then I found a delay pedal. And then um, I'd say I Am Undone was, it was like maybe we only get one shot at making a real record. Everything goes in. And then with Yet, it was like, okay, even if we don't get to do another one, let's be more selective. And we went the opposite way. It was like, we lit out a conversation. Bass, drums, guitar, vocals, that's it. Nothing else goes on the record. And it made it so much stronger of a record because we didn't try to put everything on it. That record was also me discovering the baritone guitar, my riffs have gotten simpler every record. I've tried to be less impressive and just write better sounding stuff. To me, when I was younger, I thought complicated meant good. And now it's like, no, it's all about the melody. Like, where's the melody at and where's the dynamic? We've always talked with a band more when we write about the philosophy of a song. We talk about the, like, where's this song at? How is it moving? What's the next feel need to be? It used to be, 
Okay, here's another cool riff that we haven't shoved on anything yet. Maybe that can go on this song, but now it's like, no, what needs to be the feel? Um, broken voice was, we didn't have a practice space for a while, so I wrote on acoustic all the time, thinking they would just work on electric, and then we go to write, yet, like, oh, these songs don't sound good, this isn't the record we want to make, let's put them aside. And then it was like, hey, we've got these songs that didn't work, none of us have ever wanted to do an acoustic record, because when you're punk rock, that's a pansy thing to do. <laughs> but, hey, we're more mature, let's just give it a shot. And it did really well, and we were proud of it, and then, Behold was, Jesse and Jeremiah came back to the band, Tanner got to move to his native instrument, which is guitar, which he's a genius on, and Tanner and me got to do us, which is, we as a band love ambient big things. Cigaros, Hammock, Explosions in the Sky. We wanted to move more, not like sound like them, but that was something that's in us that we weren't expressing as a three-piece. Now Tanner's here, and I'm a riffy guitarist, and Tanner makes clouds, and that's what Behold sounds like. It's, if you take away Tanner, it actually sounds a lot like Yet. And if you add Tanner, it's Behold. It's us going more towards what we love about being ambient. So is that the pinnacle? I hope not. <laughs> uh, we do have intentions to, to record soon. So hopefully it's not the pinnacle. Yeah. Like, the Lord is an inexhaustible resource. I want to create because of the Creator. So maybe in 30 years we look back and we go, Oh yeah, Behold was definitely our best record. Everything else was not as good. But I think as artists we'll still enjoy the process. Maybe we'll look back and go, that was the most unique thing we did. That was something that was maybe us. Maybe some fans think it's yet. Fans have been really gracious to accept Behold. But um, but we'll still want to keep going because the creator's the creator. So to clarify, it's the best thing we've done so far. Oh, we definitely feel so. It's not a downward direction from any other thing yeah, that we've done. Two I, years later, we love yet, but Behold's better.
my epic isn't in a battle of the bands, but uh, maybe the band itself is battling over which of their albums is the greatest. That was Royal from the Behold release by My Epic. Thanks for listening to the Antidote feature on the band My Epic. These guys have a really inspiring live set, not just musically, but lyrically too. You really got to take time to check out one of their shows if you ever get a chance. Well, the band and I had a long talk, and you can hear the rest of our conversation with My Epic in the interview section of the Antidote website at theantidoteradio.com. And don't forget the, that's part of the name. On our next episode, we're going to meet with two bands, Defiant from Los Angeles and Southwestern Ontario's Among Titans. This is going to be your chance to hear some really, really cool hardcore. I guess we should go back to the last of our talk with my epic and the song Lament. And thanks for listening to The Antidote, and we'll see you next week. I mean, it's writing is terrifying. We're doing it now. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do it. I wait and wait and wait until... We feel like it's the best we can do, and then you hope the Lord uses it, and you pray the whole way through. So anytime someone tells us they like anything, I just beg them to pray for us. And that's something we're going to look forward to this year, next year. We're trying to get something out by the end of the year. And what we want to try to do, should I put it out there now so we're accountable to it? Don't tell me it's going to be a Christmas album. No. Well, first of all, that's That's not happening. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say it, so we have to try. The goal is maybe we'll fail maybe miserbly. People write, tell us, give the address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Write, write us an, yeah, write us a letter. <laughs> if you don't. We're not probably going to do an album for a long time. But instead, because we do want to put music out, we would like to try to release two to four songs every year at the end of the year. That's maybe a flow that we can upkeep. The last record, Behold, almost killed us working full-time jobs. We would come to practice already exhausted, figure out why these songs suck so bad and how we can fix them. So I think if we can write two, three, four songs every year over the summer and the fall and record them and release them as EPs that have really focused themes and really thought out, we're hoping that's a flow we can upkeep. We might not be present on the road, but we want to be present as a band. So hopefully you'll be hearing two to four new songs, if not Christmas, winter or early spring at the worst. We're writing currently for what it's worth. Okay, now everybody wants to keep track of exactly what you're doing, so how do they do that? Uh, we need to get somebody who's better at doing social networking than I am. <laughs> yeah, Jeremiah's the guy. If you have qualms, Dave, it's all on him. Uh, you know, that, it's a, that's an area where I ebb and flow in my uh, conviction of wanting people to know that we really do appreciate the fact that they care about my epic, and we want them to know that we do too. The idea would always be that we get to do the band full-time for a long time so that ideally... It would be kingdom work, you know? I think now we're all really committed to the local church. And I don't think any of us wants to live on the road anymore. I don't know that we think that's healthy long-term for anybody to be that separated from the local church. But yeah, the Facebook and the Twitter and whatever Facetown Record says is pretty reliable. Okay, so really what you're saying is that only go to social media if you really, really have to because otherwise we're putting more demands on Jeremiah's time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love yeah. it. Yeah, if we've got a show, we'll usually put a post and an Instagram and a tweet about it. That's it. Now, if we've got a new record coming, I think we do a pretty good job at making sure that we get the word out as best we can. For the record, we love the interaction. We're flattered that anybody gives a crap, but we stay busy, period. If we're not full on with my epic, we're full on with something else. It's always on our hearts and on our minds. We've been here with both Aaron and Jeremiah of my epic. Guys, Great music, even better conversation. Thanks for joining The Antidote. 
it's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Dave. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we do. Today he died, stared in the void, took his own life. And you watched me cry, alone in the parking lot, as I felt the now and forever Everything